the first step ever podcast and i am ishani nigam your host and producer of the podcast this podcast is made for all the disruptors around the globe who know that they are made for something for that one thing but fear of embarrassment fear of rejection the fear of fear itself holds us back at some point in time but hey those are the only milestones that if we cross we are there to take our first steps so welcome on this journey with me where i interview people from across the globe so that they can share their story their challenges and you know that even you can surpass yours well what are you waiting for let's get started welcome on my first step ever this is a show for you for the youth for the disruptors or anyone who has that mindset who like to kind of rewind unwind things in life or probably sit back and think that what is that they really want but most importantly build the conviction to follow what you really want and that's why we have someone who is young and really you know making great things happen in his life and impacting people's life the youth's life at this point in time when you are you know really trying to kind of think through your life think through things the most important thing comes down to who you really are what your identity is and where you see yourself where you place yourself and that's exactly which forms the basis and form you know the foundation of where you might end up in life and we have some someone who has really been able to you know decipher that thing for himself and is now you know in in a journey to help a lot of people migrant youth in australia and probably his you know insights and his learnings would be helpful for a lot of people who have migrated anywhere the youth in, in the country in the globe today so please join me in welcoming a really really interesting and he's a very curious person i feel from whatever i have understood so far but i like to uncover a bit more about him along with you so please join me welcoming sat khalid all the way from canberra australia hi sat welcome on my first step ever Hi Shani, uh thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to a great chat. Before we move into the conversation today and we kind of uncover and discover a bit about you and your journey so far. I mean you're very young and but I feel like the age that you're in you might have dealt with a certain things, you know, an internal dialogue or situations that has helped you find a voice of your own and that's what we are looking for our listeners today but before we move into that i'd like to introduce you to my listeners so sad at the age of 21 is already making strides in the multicultural australia landscape recognized for his effervescent ability to achieve he has elevated youth migrant perspective in contemporary social discourse now this is a very very relevant important and i would say a serious topic but it's good that we are you know able to have this conversation in a way that people the youth can really understand and even for anyone who's listening to us it kind of relates to them and he's awarded at the national level and eagerly starts unique skill set has propelled in the cross section of communications and the not for profit sector in broadcasting he has produced a high viewership documentary and podcast on migrant legacy in australia so if you're someone who is in australia and trying to kind of understand things in your journey your somewhere place around that definitely do give a listen to the podcast that sad has really started 
and he's got a good viewership over there as well. So serving on a several esteemed boards and committees, he provides strategic guidance on engagement strategy with a focus on multicultural youth. He has a passion for social impact and greater good in society. Enjoying a good coffee, Saad loves new perspective and seeks to grow. Now, this is a really kind of, you know, amazing way to describe your journey so far, but there lies in some really deep, meaningful and impactful things, you know, projects or probably the decisions or policies that you are impacting right now. At the age of 22, 21, so sorry, I just increased your one year. But uh, let me kind of, you know, go as you are kind of, you know, holding that you've been the torchbearer for a lot of migrant youth over here in Australia. I like to go back to your childhood and over here and understand what was the mindset that you grew up in and you were surrounded in if you were brought up in Australia? Yeah, so I guess in terms of my story, I came to Australia when I was about 14, 15, moved with my parents here to Canberra. I grew up in a unique sort of household. My dad's a diplomat, so he moved around the world. I grew up around the world, changed about nine schools in 12 years. So a lot of moving around, grew up mainly in the US, in Pakistan, the Middle East, and a few other places. But really, when I came to Australia, I changed nine schools at that point, And it really made me appreciate yeah, the different perspectives that each of the world cities that I've been in uh, that brings, but also the people that everyone has their own unique story and unique perspective and that they're looking to make a mark on the world. So coming to Australia at a teenage age, I've been here about, what, seven, eight years now. I think it's really made me appreciate what Australia stands for and how unique it is and how everyone comes together and, and makes a multicultural Australia. Even. Okay, this is a really surprise for me, a sort of a shocker, because I thought probably you came here when you were like a baby or maybe you were born <laughs> here. But you have a very unique childhood. I mean, I think you already are aware of it. Not many people get to, you know, get the opportunity to travel different countries at that young age and in a way there are lots of pros and cons and i'm really intrigued to kind of understand that you moved to australia at a very fragile age of being in teens you know i have seen my friends or people who have just shifted a school around that time in that age in the same city and things have not been good for them because, you know, you associate a lot of things about you with your friends at that time, with, you know, what, what your life, your life is just yeah. those people or those things around you. So it is a very interesting upbringing, childhood that and a teenage time that you had. I like to sort of dig in a deep over here because it might have developed certain sensibilities in you differently from, you know, a lot of us who are born and brought up most of the life at a certain place. Can you take us through anything that has been a really different perspective for you while growing in this this way that probably informs you of your identity in a much um, assuring way or probably it did not? I think what really defines me and uh, how I engage and how life has been for me in Australia, I think is the title of first generation or second generation migrant and that I'm one of those people that can't really fall into the bucket of, yep, he's a first-generation migrant because I grew up around the world, grew up in the U.S., but I can't really be called the second-generation migrant in that my parents took the first steps, but I was at a very uh, unique sort of age. So I think that title uh, is something that has really defined me. So whenever I see it come up in discussions, when whenever people ask, oh, where'd you grow up? Oh, what do you do? I have a unique story to say in that I have cool perspectives, 
I have friends around the world. I've changed many schools. And that coming to Australia, I think it was just a chance to even reinvent myself and really discover what it means to be a migrant. And I think that culture is celebrated here really well in that migrants have made up Australia's immigration for a number, number of years. And that multicultural Australia post 1980s, 1990s has really been championed, really been celebrated. And I think over the last few years, particularly, I think there's been a real focus. And I think uh, people like me that move to Australia at a teenage age or otherwise, uh, they have a role to play in the modern policy making decisions because it's often a grey zone of the population that you don't really consider in that yeah, there's people that are sort of between the first and second generation migrant bracket. And I think that's really what defines me. That's interesting. And I think on a personal level, I like to kind of ask you something like when you have been moving so many different countries and cities, did you ever have to deal with the feeling of probably, you know, not feeling connected to people at the very go and feeling that you are not part of the, the you know, the clan or, you know, feeling odd one out. Did you ever have those sort of feelings? Because I think people are listening to us. A lot of us have gone through that phase, you know, even being in the same country or the same city, you know, if, if you have and how have you dealt with that? I think those feelings are definitely there at some points in time when you go in. I came into a year nine classroom. You have to introduce yourself. You have to introduce what you stand for. People have been together in Australia. You would know that people go to school together, primary school, high school, on to uh, university even. So people have those friendships sort of rested in. And here's this new guy coming in at year nine. He's like, oh, hey, I'm the new guy here. Would love to make some friends. Would love to know more people. Would love to understand the Australian culture. So I think it was a learning process uh, for the first couple of years, just understanding what Australian values are, what people stand for and the things that they look out for. So I think that was definitely a learning experience. And then from that point onwards, really thriving, really engaging and really participating in different parts of society and different parts, volunteering, working, doing a whole bunch of interesting things. But I think the first couple of years were just understanding and really laying low. But then once I got the understanding, really punching above my weight and really going far. That's quite interesting because I think that was sort of my uh, next question is, you know, if, if you can give us like uh, probably three <coughs> tips, you know, that if someone is new to a certain place, how do you kind of, you know, make your own identity or do you blend in or how do you, you know, see, see through things, you know, it could be at any age, at any situation, you know, when you're new to a different culture, different society, how, because I think you have done that well. So if there is anything out of your learnings, as you mentioned, that you had your own share of learning, I think you just mentioned that one of them is like keeping low, kind of imbibing, understanding, and then, you know, kind of coming in the forefront. If that's how it was, or if, if, if you can share with us, like, what was your learning that even our listeners can probably take some huh? help from that? Yeah, of course. So uh, in terms of my learning, I think it was just having an open mind, just being able to engage with sort of any person without any prejudice, without any sort of pre-thinking involved. So just really learning from the environment, learning from the culture. I grew up in Canberra now uh, for the last couple of years. So in Canberra, it's often uh, very politically charged. A lot of people work for government. There's a lot of opportunities to learn and just to know more about what people do in the unique subsets of their work. So just really keeping an open mind, engaging in conversations, I think would be sort of the first step and just yeah, taking genuine interest in people, in topics, in different things, growing a few hobbies, playing a team sport, really understanding the culture, Australian culture and the values that it really stands for. And then I think the next step would just be yeah, keeping an open mind, engaging in discussions once again, but really looking to participate in different parts, volunteering. I think that's 
perfect first step for any young person, any young migrant to really get involved in policymaking decisions, in other decisions, and yeah, just everyday life that they can participate. And people will take notice if you're a dedicated volunteer, you're really engaged. And then from that point onwards, it's really just become about networking and uh, really seeing what opportunities are, are out there, whether that's paid, unpaid, or just, yeah, you're just having a good time. I think, yeah, just keeping an open mind to that and knowing that your growth will come and that if you're dedicated, you're motivated and you take the right steps and you're a bit lucky as well at times. Yeah, you can you can really run wild. Yeah, I think those are some really uh, hands-on tips that you have shared. And probably this goes with the saying that, you know, in order to kind of uh, expect other people to understand you, you need to first understand them, you know, sort of that is really amazing that you have sort of shared with us, you know, that giving them the space, trying to, you know, understand other people, their culture, and then, you know, you also keeping your identity intact, but kind of, you know, blending in, but having your own identity, networking, a really, really important tip that you shared over here, engaging is one of the best tips. Uh, I think that you have shared that engagement is so important to have that conversation going on, to understand what really works, what doesn't really work. And, you know, being able to put your point forward. I think in that way, Australia is quite an, an, a supportive environment where you are, at least have the chance to kind of, you know, put your point forward and people will respect you, hear you for that. So prob- I think, Saad, I think you always had that mindset. It could probably be that, you know, you were in that, environment your father was a diplomat he was into this you know a field of policy making and a lot more was this the only reason that you developed interest in this side of in in this field or were there any other elements while you were growing up that you really got interested in the field that you're in right now uh, I think definitely so. Uh, my father's career in itself, I think, is quite impressive and that it's been a lesson uh, for me that he can do a lot of change in the world. So he's a diplomat for Pakistan, got to move around the world and he's still serving in Pakistan now. So I get to learn from him every day. I get to use him as a sounding board. So I think I definitely have that advantage there. But otherwise, I think it was just during year 11, year 12, uh, when I really realized here that I could be doing something in the social debate and social discourse and just general policy making and that if I start an initiative, take take a lead on something, I can really make an impact. So I think that realization came from just watching a documentary on TV. It was an ABC documentary on uh, the Afghan cameliers, Muslim camel drivers that traversed outback Australia in the 19th and 20th centuries. And people just forgot about them. That migrant legacy was there. These people were there for 60 years and that yeah, come the railway, come the car, uh, they really just were forgotten about. So watching that documentary, I'm like, okay, this is a forgotten history. This is something that I can tackle. This can be uh, my first project uh, and that I can just start interviewing people, reach out. Hopefully people respond favorably. I'm just a young boy, 16, 17 years of age, and hopefully uh, people run with it, people reciprocate, and yeah, I get to interview cool people. And I think from there, one one step led to another and that I got more opportunities to engage, got a bit of funding uh, from the government, got recognized and yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very essential and a very, I would like to applaud, I think, Australia for that, in, in that respect, you know, because they do have, they do encourage 
ideas, they do encourage people who can actually bring forth some sort of positive change. You know, as you mentioned about the funding, the grant, and being able to, you know, kind of give you that recognition that is, you know, required for the voice that you have for what you stand. When I kind of know over here, like you mentioned, you were sixteen, seventeen, and you started, you know, something clicked with you, and you took the action right away. You started kind of, you know, uh, taking the steps. How did the you know the journey of of a few came about to be where you are right now did did you foresee any sort of role that you're playing right now at that point in time or you just went with the flow because for a lot of the youth who's listening to us or even people who are maybe starting the second innings sometimes the line is so blurred you know you you have so many options available that you really don't know where to go forward so if that is a situation that someone is in and probably if you had a clear idea how you would probably guide or maybe you know help them see through that situation i think i think it's a really fine line between dreaming and just not being able to predict uh what your future uh, sort of next steps is if you ask me how i would looking back in hindsight look at my growth it would just be yeah i cannot predict more than a year ahead that this is what i'll be doing these are the opportunities that will become that i'll be on ishani's podcast even that yeah there's definitely nothing i can really forecast there but in terms of uh, just being able to dream being able to achieve starting a podcast at 16 17 working to highlight some bit of migrant legacy that led one opportunity to another so just having those outlandish dreams having those outlandish stuff and just taking the first step and that a lot of people are scared at times i'm even scared of doing things because i'm like oh how will it be received or how will people take it and will i get funding what will happen i think those things will come with time but it's just about taking the first step telling it to the first person that you'd like to engage with and then i think from there you build a sense of credibility you build trust people see that you're authentic that you're genuine and that yeah you can really do stuff and from there i think people take you a lot more seriously and that a 16 17 year old me was going out traveling out to remote outback towns interviewing mayors mps doing a whole bunch of stuff that i wouldn't even imagine myself doing at that time and the funny thing there was that i couldn't even rent a hotel room i was in 18 so uh, i oh. called all the hotels around town and say oh i'm here doing a podcast doing doing a documentary can i can i rent a room they're like no you're not 18 so i think that was a roadblock in terms of some of my ambitions but then eventually got past that and i think since then covid came so a lot of my recordings just became online and what not but i think yeah that's one of the cool stories i have great so you don't have to rent out any hotels or motels anymore longer <laughs> amazing so that is a really interesting trajectory that you had and i see that it was all your will to go through things you went with the flow but you kept on taking the necessary steps that was required yeah. and i think your interest in in the field that you are in really propelled and supported you to kind of you know go to the next level as well so in around those times i think at that period you mentioned that you obviously feel scared you know doing something for the first time but you have to kind of start sharing it with someone to build the credibility and then the confidence starts building so are you able to take us through a time so far in your career that you know it was the most difficult challenging time emotionally mentally if yes and how did you go past that yes uh, in terms of emotionally mentally i think 
uh, over time, uh, I just kept saying yes to things. Any opportunity that came about, any way to engage, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I'd love, I'd love to work with you. And I think there came a point where I was just doing a fair bit. And I think that comes with any young change maker that they're doing a whole lot at the same time. I was studying at the ANU, the Australian National University. I was yeah, just doing what other young people do. But at the same time, I was living a second life in that. I was doing cool stuff within the world of media. I was making a documentary, doing a podcast, and then uh, soon got involved in some side of administration and the not-for-profit sector. So it really just became, I was living a double life at some point. People were like, oh, yeah, you're a young person. We see you here, we see you there. But you're also doing cool stuff in the change-making space. So... As a 19, 20-year-old at that point, uh, just posting on LinkedIn, posting about what I'm doing or on my stories, a lot of other people would say it's quite interesting, but at other times people would say, yeah, he's trying too hard or he's mm -hmm. yeah, just working a whole lot, burning himself out. So I think just countering those messages and just really keeping head down, working, and I think come this point, I think really proud of the portfolio of work that I've built up, the credibility that I have, and yeah, just uh, the people I've met over the last few years, I think that's been quite a lot and quite impressive and that taking that first step early uh, really helped me and I think anyone that not really doubted but like people that had questions on oh why is he doing this at a young age what are the intrinsic motivators I think that's been made apparent. That's incredible I think I really like the aspect where you are where you emphasize you know how people around you had that different opinions and they, they are more trying to kind of tell you know according to them they feel like you're burning yourself out but you are the only, you're the best judge of your own capacity and what really is, you know, helping you go forward in your life. You know, you feel happy in a day with what you're working. So anyone who's listening to us out there, you know, it really depends on you at whatever age you are. You know, what what you can balance is, is in your hands. If you're able to kind of take up a couple of things at one point in time, and if you're able to do that, well, that's good enough. If that doesn't work for you, then that's also good enough. Then you can, you know, see through things that work best for you. And this is the amazing thing I think which Saad has really brought forward is listen to what you or your voice really it is kind of tells you. Go according to what you feel is right for you and keep moving on. You will always have that, you know, point in life when you're doubting yourself, you know, listening to other, other people's feedback. Sometimes you kind of need to sit back and reflect on it because some things might make sense. You know, you might learn from their experience. But at the end of the day, if you kind of sit down with your heart and listen to what it really wants, I think you'll get a good direction. So thank you, Saad, for sharing that. I think that was a really good takeaway. I, I kind of want to uh, maybe wrap up this episode with a really interesting probably an interesting question. I'm not, I'm not sure how we see it right now, but I think being in politics, being a policymaker, a change maker, everyone likes to, you know, give their opinions. Everyone likes to, you know, say things to kind of, you know, uh, make things be better. But being in that position, taking that ownership and going through the, you know, uh, governmental, the government procedure, it's, it's, it's a very time taking task, but it is important as well. And not a lot of people at this point in time is they are really, you know, up, up for taking that challenge. So, yeah, not a lot of uh, people that at the young age or whatever age that they are in that if they want to see that change in politics, that's not a popular opinion to be in politics. So for people around, you know, who really want to be in politics, but they have like, you know, 
they're like two minds whether should i be there is that the space for me you have do you have something to share with from your experience how it has been your journey and if they want to be then why they should be there i think each of us in our individual capacities anyone is a change maker and that you always feel the imposter syndrome that's a word that's thrown around a lot that you feel like you shouldn't be in the room that what are your credentials to be there but i think overcoming that and really looking to make your mark really looking to have your say like you mentioned everyone likes to say their opinion likes to have a go at uh, the modern so, sort of social discourses but i think it's really just recognizing the individual role that you have and that the unique perspective that you bring and that yeah even if you don't have a lot of work experience behind you a lot of stories a lot of things to tell that you have a unique perspective everyone has a unique childhood and uh, has really gone through a whole lot of things to become the person that they are today and that uh, that perspective even that is more than enough for them to be able to contribute to any debate let alone policy social economic anything i think that's quite important and for me i think it was just yeah again the unique perspective that i bring around migration around politics around diplomacy around all these topic areas and just really finding my niche carving my own way through and uh, recognizing what i need to do to take sort of the next step into my journey and what i forecast there is just becoming a leader becoming a torchbearer as you mentioned at the start of the interview uh, so overall for any young change maker anyone looking to take their first step i think it's just about doing what you can to uh, really achieve really taking taking the step talking to people really engaging with the general processes engaging with society and really imagining what you can be contributing to the debate whether that's policy social anything else uh, just really taking taking that on and realizing that change is sort of around the corner and that opportunities will come again and again people will respect what you have what you have to deliver and i think it's really just all about that incredible thank you so much saad for taking through your journey and i think uh, you have had a really unique experience by growing up and you have actually used that all those bits to your to kind of hone your skills to your hone your mindset and kind of really evolve from there and still you know keep taking the steps that's necessary for you that you as you said and you took the steps very early on so i think for for anyone if there's a takeaway that i like to kind of you know give from this particular episode is that take the step that you want to early on in your life as much as you can so thank you so much sat for being on my first step ever and i like to i always request my guest speakers to leave our listeners with a quote or a saying that they really resonate with uh-huh. in terms of quotes or sayings uh, that's that's a difficult one but i think there's one from steve jobs and i don't remember exactly but it's more about uh, that your time is valuable and that you shouldn't be living anyone else's life and that you can be taking whatever steps you can with your own time and you can really see yourself achieve stuff so i think that's a quote love to end with amazing i love that you should not be living anyone else's life and time is valuable that is great thank you so much sat for being on my first step ever and if you are interested in the field of change making policy making or you want to know a bit more about sat sat's journey what he's been doing for the multicultural migrant over here i will leave a link below in the show notes so do follow him if you would love to and and as i always say start believing in yourself and keep believing in yourself If you're still glued together on this episode, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And if you really want to hear more such stories from around the globe, then subscribe to my First Step Ever podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify, whichever platform you prefer. Please do give ratings and please do write your comments. And you can directly reach out to me on my First Step Ever 
underscore I N. That's my Instagram handle. A little about myself. I have always loved performing on stage, acting, speaking, and just emoting myself. So I use these medium different ways so that I can connect with people, help them, empower them, entertain them, which is to inform them and entertain them. If you would like to collaborate for any opportunities, more than welcome to connect with me on my Instagram handle. Thank you.